0: Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. God bless you, church, and God bless you, musicians. That is amazing, amazing grace. I'm going to tell you about something that happened just last month. A container ship named the Felicity Ace caught fire, burned out of control for days and days and days. And then for more and more days, it drifted and drifted and drifted and eventually sank. Is this an uncommon problem? Well, sadly, this happens with ships about once every week. Is this an uncommon problem with people? Maybe not either. You know, it seems more common than war. Theft, avarice, corruption is the unacknowledged, the unspoken problem of drifting and drifting. People drift from work, responsibility, from the law, from homes, from families, and from God. It's almost like a narcotic. People drift away and drift away And say, well, someday, somewhere, somehow, I'll get to it, whatever. And then sink. Now, friends, I want to tell you, the Scripture does address the topic of drifting. And I'm going to ask you to look in your copy of the Bible this morning to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, and I'd like to read beginning verse 1. And I'll read from the New International Version, 1994 version, Hebrews chapter 2, beginning verse 1. We must pay much closer attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation or disobedience received its just punishment... How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed by those who heard him, and God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. Those are the events that happened at the resurrection. And by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will, and that happened on the day of Pentecost. But if you're like those who examine and think things through, you may be asking yourself a question. So what does drifting have to do with Easter? What does it have to do with this resurrection topic? And by the way, what does it have to do with Easter eggs or chocolate bunny ears that you have been cannibalizing this morning, (laughs) or with that Easter meal that you may have been thinking about? Well, I want to tell you, friends, this is the message of Easter. That drifting is so common and is such a deadly practice to us that Christ had to do something about it. And it's called the sacrificial atonement literally, the covering for all sin on the cross. And he removes the deadly drifting. And the terror of sin. And he gives us a home and a hope for eternity. This is the resurrection. The resurrection is salvation and the solution. The confirmation that God's plan, plan from time past, has now provided forgiveness and a new life for whosoever will. And for those who have been drifting, it is done. So we could say that it's concluded at that point, but we need to ask ourselves some questions. As a matter of fact, we need to ask two questions if we don't want to drift and sink. These are the two questions we'll look at today. The first question is this. What are people, maybe even us, what are we? Drifting from? The second question is So what? What has drifting to do with people? Maybe even what does it have to do with me? I think it's important for us to recognize that if the resurrection deals with the problem of sin in this world and the problem of drifting, then we need to find out what is the resurrection? The resurrection, I want to say first off, is not an event. Don't be concerned, even though it happened in time and space. It is primarily not an event. It is a person. The person Jesus Christ is the resurrection. He says that he is the first, the first from the dead. And he was the one who could say I'm the first because he planned The death and the resurrection from the foundation of the world, the Scripture says. He is the one who planned everything from this foundation of the world. He is the reverser of death, of the law of entropy. He is the promise keeper. The one who promised three days after his death he would rise. He is the authority The one who says, I have authority to lay down my life and I have authority to take it up again. He is the final fact of history proven by infallible proofs. He is the hope of humanity. He is the hinge upon which all life swings open or shut based on a response for receiving forgiveness. He, Jesus Christ is the truth. Without the truth of the resurrection, friends, there is no faith. Without the truth of the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Let's not fool ourselves. The resurrection is the offer of forgiveness, of salvation, of change for those who drift. He is the captain of salvation. He's the giver of life. He's the one who said, if I give life who has the son has life he who does not have the son does not have life as a matter of fact jesus made a very poignant comment at the almost almost at the close of his life he said there is no resurrection other than me he said i am the resurrection and the life friends jesus christ is a resurrection and as a matter of fact This is so significant that if the resurrection of Christ, if Christ the resurrection doesn't change anything in this world from time past to even today, then it'll change nothing in the future. But I'm telling you, the resurrection does change all. And it does change everything. The question is, If a resurrection hasn't changed us, will it ever? You know, I want to share the, the purpose of what we'd like to look at. I'd like to look at with you this morning is really addressing this question. Are we drifting from Christ, the resurrection, or are we drawing close to him? And even this morning as we examine this question, this is a question that we must Address not only with us, but with this dying world. So getting back to the first two, uh, the two questions I mentioned. What are people, what are we, possibly uh, even us, drifting from? The scripture is very clear, and it answers right away. It's called salvation. Verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation. So what is salvation? It's not coupon Christianity, where you clip out a nice little verse or a nice little saying and you apply it to one of the problems, many of the problems that people are going through to get a discount, as it were. No, but salvation is so vast, the Scripture says, so great that The resurrection confirmed forgiveness, and not only forgiveness for us, but forgiveness for all sin, all the universe, all time, all people. Salvation equals forgiveness, and it changes lives, lives that have been drifting. Salvation is so great for two reasons, because all all can have access to it. Verse 3 again asks, How shall we escape so great a salvation? But you notice there's no answer. To the rhetorical question there is no answer because no one, no one escapes. Wait for it. No one escapes the blessings of salvation because everyone can access every soul, the people who you like, the people who you don't like, the people who are not like you, the people who you think, we think are enemies, all can access salvation. John said it this way. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And we respond by saying, yay! But not only for our sins, John continues, but also for the sins of the whole world. It's as if God cracked open the door of heaven and pours out the blessings and the forgiveness and the change of life of the resurrection to all people throughout time since he planned it to even today. It is cracking open heaven for all. Salvation is also so great because all can be changed now by this resurrection It is not a postponed promise. Sometimes we may think that the resurrection is someday. But Jesus said, no, I am the resurrection today. It is not postponed. It is now pouring out from that crack, that door of heaven that has been opened up. And it is widening. And it is widening. Can you now see the door of heaven opening and widening and pouring out upon this earth? Now remember, remember the woman who knew that salvation is now? She was in Luke chapter 7. She had lived a sinful life. She came to Christ weeping, wiping His feet with her tears and her hair. And Jesus said to us who read the Scripture and to whoever listened and to those who were there as well as to her, her many sins, her many sins have been forgiven. Friends, salvation is now. Do you remember the man who knew that salvation is now? In Mark chapter 5, he had a filthy, the word literally is filthy, impure spirit. And Jesus said, come out. And when he returned to Jesus in his right mind, at the feet of Jesus, he begged to go back with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you go to your own people and tell them how the Lord has had mercy on you. Friends, salvation is now. But our people, are we drifting from salvation? It's also important to find out what are we drifting from. Salvation we've thought through, as the Scripture says, but there's more. What are we drifting from Could it be the Savior himself? Look back one page, one page in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 1. Because here is where we read the very purpose of the book of Hebrews, the very purpose of the resurrection, the very person of the resurrection. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning verse 1. So in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets of many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe the son is the radiance of god's glory the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification From sins or for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And that was at the resurrection. What are we drifting from? You know, salvation, salvation now has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ, the Son, who is the final word of God. There is no revelation other than Jesus the Christ. There is no other word from God. He is God in the flesh. And he remains so. But the world and we seem like we've been drifting past the Savior because we substitute fake saviors, the things that are sensual, the stuff of life or the stuff of self. But much of this has been done in ignorance. But now that salvation has a face, salvation has a name, we're no longer drifting in ignorance, but we're drifting past the resurrection, the blessings of that, forgiveness, the offer of life anew, and no longer in ignorance, but perhaps in arrogance. So, if someone may ask, well, what does drifting look like? And how do I know? How can I tell what drifting looks like? Look back to verse 1 in chapter 2. The scripture answers it says, We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Ask yourselves, ask your friends, ask anyone are we paying closer attention? Literally, the word means are we thinking, examining, are we searching God's word, or are we searching this world? Are we looking for fake saviors? Secondly, are we hearing? Again, the word literally means repeatedly hearing. Have we repeatedly heard, whether a person is religious or not? of the forgiveness, the salvation, the resurrection, the desire for life to never end because it exists in philosophy. It exists in science, in religion, in relationships, in the arts, and even in the economy because it will promise to provide you never-ending bunny ears. Everyone wants to end death. Everyone wants to have something eternal. And have we been hearing, paying closer attention to God's voice? Or have we been hearing all of these shouting idols that distract us? The third question is this. How do we tell? Have we been drifting away? You know, like a leaf Or a twig that floats upon a stream down, down, down a drain. Have we been drifting past the destination? That is, the one who from the shore calls us to come to me. Have we been drifting past him as a world, as a nation, as people? Because he has been offering salvation, forgiveness. Have we been drifting past him? So the question remains, what are we as people, or maybe even us here, drifting past? Has it been past salvation? Has it been past the Savior? Has it been past what the resurrection is, not an event, but is a person? Have we been drifting past? You know, the resurrection is infallible proof that he changes the drifting death of all humanity, whosoever will, if we but accept, accept His Son. You know, the trajectory needs to go back to Christ, friends. Whether it be this church, whether it be this community, this world, this is the time to turn to the resurrection and to the change that happens, the forgiveness through the resurrection But what have we been drifting past? That was the first question. The second question is, so what? Any reasonable, self-respecting drifter would say, well, so what? What does this have to do with me? Or what does this have to do with my world? This resurrection. You know, the resurrection does crack open heaven's door and pours out his care for us. His care by providing a home and by providing hope. How does he do it? He cares because he brings us safely home now. Look at verse 10 in chapter 2. And in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, he brings home. You know, the word bring doesn't mean that he forces or that he drags someone. It means that he leads As the captain of salvation, because he went to battle for us. He offered himself the only righteous, the only substitution, the only sacrifice that could be accepted for our eternal sin. And he was the only casualty against death. And he only raised himself as the victor. He went before, he cracked open heaven's door, made a home for us now. And that home is not just someday. That home is now in his home, with him, in the body of Christ, with other believers, in a church, in a local body of believers to whom he is calling us. He's given us a home now. Jesus actually said it this way. I go to prepare a place for you. I go. And he did go, and he did prepare it. This captain of our salvation. Ah, oh, no one cares for us like Jesus. I was with uh, Pastor Shepherd and, and Linda Shepherd just a few weeks ago with my wife at a good news club, and in this good news club. One young lady, eight-year-old girl, who had had multiple fathers or dads actually, a troubled mom, and a very difficult life, I asked her, I said, who cares for you? And she turned with a smile and she said, Jesus cares. You know, Jesus cares also because he destroys what tries to destroy us now. The scripture is very plain, and he gives us hope. Verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. You know, this is not just someday. This is not someday, Jesus Christ, through the resurrection, he now cares for us by now giving us hope, by now destroying. And the word destroy means that he makes it inoperable. Death no longer operates in our lives, and he gives us hope now. A commander one time asked me, when we were preparing for battle, In Afghanistan or actually he told me he said chaplain hope is not a plan and I said sir you have not been to combat hope saves hope hope is effective and I have been to battle and I have seen many die around me and I have placed many boxes with flags draped upon them in aircraft going back to their loved ones and what gave me hope in battle was returning home to see my sweetheart. And if I would not return home to her, the hope of heaven, which is his promise, hope hope, saves. Hope is effective. So what? So what? Christ cares. But he gives hope now and hope to come. Can you hear heaven and heaven's door cracking open? Can you hear it widening? Can you hear that because of the resurrection planned from time past, the death and resurrection, and for the change of lives, your life in Jesus Christ, can you hear that door widening, pouring out more and more blessings? Or are we drifting? Are we drifting from the sound? So you're not sure? You're still not sure? Well, this leads to a third question. I only told you there were two questions, but this is now the third question, the question I didn't mention. <laughs> the first question was what? Christian or non-Christian? Are we drifting off from what we've heard about the Savior, salvation and the Savior? The second question is so what? He cares. This is the so what. He cares. And he gives us a home now and hope now. But the third question the third question is this Now what? Now what? We need to answer the original question. We need to go back to verse 3 and answer the original question How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Well, you know, the good news is we cannot escape. The good news is that the blessings of the resurrection, the blessings of forgiveness, the blessings of a life that has been drifting, turned in trajectory back to Jesus Christ, that has now been good news. And it is not only the news for now, but there is a final resurrection to come. You, here, The world knows the facts of the resurrection, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the resurrection proven by infallible proofs, by eyewitnesses. More eyewitnesses saw Jesus Christ alive, proven in history, than saw the inauguration of George Washington a second time, or the signing of the Declaration of Independence. You know, the resurrection changes the world now. It touches all aspects of this world. It wets our appetite for second chances. We cannot escape the blessings of Jesus Christ, the resurrection. Can you hear the silence? The silence of the empty tomb? Can you hear the praises of those who have been changed now? Can you hear heaven's door cracking open? But still we need to answer the question. We must How shall we escape? And the answer is the same. We can't. We can't. Christian or non-Christian, if we are drifting from the resurrection, we may have been drifting for years or drifting just for minutes. That's okay. But if we have been drifting from the resurrection, so great salvation and so great a Savior, can we hear the silence in the court of our deserved accusation. So back to that question, the third one. Now what? Christian, have you been drifting long or short? If so, give your life back to Christ. Christ, the resurrection. The resurrection is Christ. Not Christian, have you been drifting? You heard about salvation. You heard about the Savior, the one who cares. Lash your life to his rescue. For what a rescue, what a rescue he will give. Everyone, anyone, anywhere can do these three things. We may act on these three things. First off, recall salvation and the Savior. Take time to renew your mind in the word of God. Listen to the voice of God and not the voice of this world. Discipline, time, heart, effort. Listen and renew your mind in the Word of God. Secondly, receive the gifts. The gifts of bringing you home. He gave a home. He says, now come home. The gift also of giving hope. Respond. Respond to Him. Third, Reactivate your faith. Reactivate faith in Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, God the resurrection who loves and cares for us. Reactivate your faith. Friends, drifting is done. Drifting is so old and it is so soggy. Drifting is now done. Return, return to Him. Without The resurrection now, death is a mighty conqueror and before whom we are all helpless. We can only beat our fists with utter futility against the unyielding and the unresponding tomb. But the good news of Easter, of the resurrection, Christ's resurrection is this. Death has been defeated. Our conqueror who was death has now been conquered. In the face of the power of God in Christ Jesus, death is helpless. It cannot hold him, and the resurrection has been brought to life, not only the life now, but the life to come. The empty tomb is proof. The resurrection changes all this world now, and the resurrection who is Christ changes every life Whosoever will may come. But this is the question. Can you hear heaven's door cracking open? Or are you drifting from that sound? This is now the time to say, I, Jesus, whether I've been drifting a long or a short time, I now reach out. I come to you. Friends, I ask you, express your faith with me. Stand with me, please. Where you're, sta- where you're seated right now, stand with me. And I want us to do an exercise that we have done as been, has been done for centuries. Where someone would declare Christ is risen. And then those who thunderously respond out of faith in Jesus Christ say He is risen indeed. Let's do that together. I'll say it. You respond thunderously. Christ is risen risen he is risen indeed oh lord jesus i pray hear, hear us as we come before you as people who who are aware of drifting and yet we turn we turn to your salvation we turn to you savior and for those here who have expressed this for the first time give them courage courage to stand with you courage to call out on other believers here like these elders to express their home and hope in you. Hear us, O Lord, for this people, for these families, for this community, for this world, for we love you, you, the resurrection and the life. Amen and amen.